This summer, we're bringing you double Koi gig. You know what happened? It was that we stopped talking and then people went down and that, that was the I problem. I needed the motivation of you slagging me every week to get good results and just imploded without that. Subscribe to the OTV Koi gig pod on the OTV Sports app now. The News Round on Off The Ball with Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. You're very welcome along. Joe Malloy with you this evening. Great to have you with us. 53106, the text number. We're out off the ball on Twitter. Busy show. Keith Wood is going to join us for Wednesday Night Rugby. That will be after 8 o'clock. This hour, there have been numerous concerns raised over various aspects of HIA protocol in rugby over the last number of days. I think it's fair to say Dr Barry O'Driscoll has been raising concerns for years at that stage, at this stage, uh, resigned from World Rugby a decade ago over this issue, broadly speaking. So Dr Barry O'Driscoll is going to join us half past seven or so this hour to talk us through what he has made of the last few days in New Zealand. Mick McCarthy in studio. Hello. Hey, Joe. And Richie McCormick with us as well. Richie, hello. Ooh, you're muted. Weave your fader down. Some combination of the two. Can't hear you, Richie. There we go. How are you? All good now. Unmute. I know, it's a crazy thing. <laughs> no, we've got you now. We think. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> cool. Oh, there's a hell yeah, of a delay then. So. Sorry, sorry. There's an unbelievable delay. Oh my God, this is going to be interesting. Okay. We'll try and patch up that line. Maybe the guys outside might do a redial or something because this could be interesting. Otherwise, making other words uh, or another uh, news will keep people abreast of the situation. Boris Johnson has suffered more resignations in uh, one day than any Prime Minister in history. <laughs> hell of a stat. so, yeah. Like, there's what, what's the old expression about, uh, you know, uh, d- decades when nothing happens and weeks when decades happen? Like, today in the news outside of the world of sport I, I just I felt jealous of the, the non-sport world for a very very rare that that happens but like in Ireland we had a, a minister Joe McHugh voting against the government and becoming uh, uh, it means the government have lost their majority in the doll their voting majority we, in America we had the former uh, the former White House counsel to Donald Trump agreeing and being subpoenaed and agreeing to testify against him and then in, in the UK you have Boris Johnson hanging on on by his fingernails as I think oh, that's a 38 it's up to now resignations uh, him being told on camera at a, he was at a, a, a committee meeting in parliament and was told on camera that it, there's a load of ministers waiting outside for you they're about to tell you to resign mm. what do you think of that Boris how's your day going mm. <laughs> it's just absolutely insane every time you turn on your computer it's just something new as well like it's non-stop Great stats out of this as well. The previous record for ministerial resignations, <laughs> eleven in nineteen thirty-two. Boris is at fourteen today. So, uh, so I think I think it's it, I think it's thirty-eight in terms of overall resignations. This must be cabinet or, or yeah, ministerial. Ministerial, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fourteen of your ministers go in one day. <laughs> that is good going. How many does he have? <laughs> Don't know. I thought I didn't realize he had so many. Seventeen since six o'clock yesterday is when all this started, of course, and then forty. MPs, junior ministers, etc. But 17 since yesterday, 14 today. Like in context, Gordon Brown in three years had 13 minister, ministers quit. Cameron had the same, 13. Yeah. So Boris has knocked that out of the park in 24 hours. Unbelievable, unbelievable. What I did enjoy one part of today actually was uh, the Chancellor, Rishi Shinek, uh, resigned last night, but he was replaced by a guy whose name escapes me, but that guy is part of the heave. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Having been promoted by Boris. 
24 hours ago when you're newly he's now trying to get rid of him promoted chancellor hasn't even moved in yet isn't a fan <laughs> no it's not good so we will keep you up to date if the inevitable as it seems to be it, it's stage. feeling more and more so that like less so in the kind of sometimes there's a kind of a quaint old news uh, feeling of like you know oh we expect him to resign because no prime minister in history has survived this kind of thing and with, with the reporting around Trump and Johnson it's like as if people haven't come around to the fact that this is new we don't need to worry about what the old rules were but it's feeling more and more like even internally that this actually can't be survived at this stage and it could happen tonight during our show mm. The news round is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day Testing, testing one, two Richie McCormick how are we looking now? Oh Say again, John. no Unbelievable delay Here's what's going to happen I am just going to throw to you now and uh, radio listeners bear with us a moment uh, Richie will then start with the news round Richie take it away Yeah Ireland will have to play for minor placings at the Women's Hockey World Cup they were beaten 3-0 by Germany in their pool A game this evening in Amstelveen a third defeat in a row means Ireland finished bottom of the pool and Roisin Upton knows how costly yesterday's defeat to Chile has proved You know, I suppose on reflection, we, we left a lot of opportunities behind us yesterday against Chile and we knew today was going to be um, an even tougher battle with Germany off the back of two rest days and, and us uh, playing again within 24 hours. Um, but, you know, we have to bounce back. Our tournament isn't over and, um, yeah, look, we're just bitterly disappointed where we are now, but just grateful to all the Irish support, to well, everybody that's over here. Yeah, big disappointment. Wimbledon as well, Richie? Yeah, Rafa Nadal is currently serving to stay in the tournament. He's battled through an abdominal issue all the way through his quarterfinal with the 11 seed Taylor Fritz this evening. It's currently 5-4 to the American in the fifth and deciding set. 15 all in that game at the moment, the 10th game of the deciding set. This will go to a championship tiebreak if they're not separated after six games apiece. The winner, though, will play uh, Nick Kyrgios in the final uh, or in the semifinals, pardon me, at the weekend. Kyrgios today, a straight sets winner over the unseeded Chilean Chris Christian Garin. Meanwhile, Simona Halep will play Elena Rybakina in the women's semi-finals. 2019 champion Halep beat Amanda Anasimova in straight sets today. While first-time semi-finalist Rybakina came from a set down to beat Isla Tomjanovic in three. It's eight years since Halep first reached the semis at Wimbledon and she believes she's better prepared for the occasion this time around. It's different because uh, in between were many years since my first semi-final. I am different as a person. I really believe that. Uh, I am stronger um, like with my emotions. I can control emotions much better. I have experience, but it's always special when you step um, when you step on the court in the semi-final of a Grand Slam. So I will see tomorrow and I will tell you (laughs) what what I'm going to feel. But it's going to be nice for sure. So I was just thinking that today was it was a great illustration of what I've always uh, thought of as Wimbledon ever since I kind of like was past school age, I suppose, and I've been in work, which is you try and watch a bit of it if you can. But generally, and especially since you know working for the seven o'clock you know, show, but between the hours of five, your head is down a little bit. And being in the office as the TV is on and people are starting to gradually gather around it, you know it's a good game. But you're again, you have to forget in between. You go down, you're typing, you're looking at your computer, you're checking Boris Johnson updates, let's be honest. And next thing, it's that amazing, like scream of the Wimbledon crowd that's in the background and the, you know that ex- that unbelievable commentary that's all of a sudden we say oh my goodness what a shot and you're thinking what is this drama I'm missing and there's kind of like there's almost, there's almost nothing like Wimbledon for that you know and it's like and now we're in here missing a, <laughs> the concluding set uh, Sold Out Stadiums uh, are going to be a feature of Euro 2022 and that very much applies to opening night Richie 
Yeah, Old Trafford sold out for tonight's opening match of the Women's Euro 2020. Leah Williamson captains the host England as they take on Austria in Group A and kickoff is coming up in just under an hour's time. 8pm is when things get underway in Manchester. Now Raheem Sterling. So this is happening, we think. Yeah, it looks like it is. Raheem Sterling has reportedly agreed personal terms with Chelsea. The England winger has a year left on his Manchester City contract and is likely to command a fee of around €52 million, euro, much like Gabriel Jesus when he went to Arsenal. Chelsea hope to wrap up the deal in time for Sterling to play on their pre-season tour of the United States. So it's a similar price to what Man City paid for Sterling. They've had all these years of service from him and now they're selling him and recouping a lot of that money. It's good business for their part. There was always the nagging sense. Uh, to be fair, he had some extraordinary seasons. Yeah, he still, really did. Yeah. There, w- yeah. there was a nagging sense that Pep wasn't fully sold on Sterling, and I guess there's a reason he lets him go. Yeah, I, I, it did feel last year that we were reaching the end of the road. I think he'd been amazing up until then, and he'd been one of the true catalysts to that team. But it did feel like they were moving on without him last season. It's kind of a remarkable, like the the career that Sterling is going to have has anyone done this like can you see him in in two or three years going to Man United or to Spurs or something like that or Arsenal and it's like just play with all of the top teams one after the other you know to go from Liverpool to Man City and now to Chelsea especially for an English player is unbelievable Yeah it's unusual right because during the Euros last year he was doing interviews about how he was happy again and he was playing with freedom again and was really enjoying being part of the English setup, and it was a very pointed thing yeah. to say about well I've got to go back to you know the, the tough life under Pep at Manchester City without naming names or saying anything too explicit so there was there was just even that sense that was he overly enjoying life under Pep so uh-huh. Chelsea if you think there's a lack of form possibly over the last year or so and it might have been something to do with what you're talking about there that could be an unbelievable signing for Chelsea like there's still a lot of football left in Sterling yeah. you know pr- presuming that he's kind of taking a temporary dip rather than you know, it kind of like coming to a premature decline, yeah. So, Maddie Kenny. Yeah, he stepped down as Dublin senior hurling manager, ending a four-year spell in charge. The Galway native took over from Pat Gilroy in late 2018. Under Kenny this year, the Dubs lost to Kilkenny and Galway in the Leinster Championship, missing out on the All-Ireland Series. They also finished third in Division 1B of the Allianz Hurling League with two defeats to the name there. What are we to say of Maddie Kenny's time? Highly regarded coach. Disappointing. I think you have to be honest. You know, I, I like Dublin had their moments, and they, you know, they obviously beat Galway, uh, not Galway, the championship during COVID, and that was great. Uh, too often didn't follow up with it, and I thought they were very poor this year. You know, they had that win against Wexford, but come the Kilkenny game, come Galway game, they just didn't uh, leave a mark on them. And it feels to me like Dublin have lost a moment in a way, you know, as in like there's a lot of, there's a couple of good players there, don't get me wrong, but there isn't maybe the, you know, the the pick that was there during the daily year. And I, I wouldn't be interested as to know why, you know, and I, 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 I don't understand how Dublin, with the amount of clubs, with the amount of emphasis on hurling in so many of those clubs, can have such a weak pick. But that's what it looked like if you were watching, especially the Kilkenny game, they were so disappointing. Yeah. Is that all down to Maddie Kenny? You would have to say absolutely not. You right. know, this is a coach who won the All Ireland with Kula. He obviously has done. He obviously is a very good manager. I think there's other issues at play there, but at the same time, 
I think this is one of the least surprising announcements mm. that we'll hear in the GA world this year is it, it felt like time was up and it felt like it was time to go somewhere else. Because certainly during the halcyon days of the daily era yeah. uh, there was a sense that wow this is just the beginning yes. wait and you see with this population and the club scene and then latterly Kula wait and you see what Dublin Hurling is going to be in another 10 years we're getting up to 10 year point now and it's gone into a decline and looks fairly stagnant yeah. so it, it is curious to know what's happened there you have someone like Owen O'Donnell you know, now in fairness, who's to say he's not going to be available to the hurlers next year? But when he joined the Dublin Footballers, plays in the All Ireland quarter final after the season he has, and he is the linchpin. He is the he's Dublin's you know world class if you want a better for want of a better word player at the moment, and he's gone to play football now. Not a good sign. Mm. You know, it doesn't feel like there's we're in that era where we're thinking, hmm, you know, could Conal Keeney possibly move over to the Herders? Could we have one or two more after him? It feels like we're going completely the opposite that way. Is, and yeah. you just you just hope that Dublin don't slip back to where they were, you know, 10, 15, yeah. or, you know, 15, 20 years ago when they were like struggling to even compete in the Leinster Championship. And Hurling needs everybody you can get. You oh, know, for, for, for all yeah. that we bemoan the wrongs of football. Yeah. Like the most glaring issue in the GEA is that there are X number of counties who play hurling to a certain level. Without a doubt, without a doubt. It drives me absolutely mad. I don't understand it. But 2013 All Ireland semi final, Dublin and Cork, I think, you know, 60 odd thousand, more than we had at the games this week, last weekend, and an almost, you know, a heaving hill 16 of blue and navy. And you're thinking, this is what it should be. Mm. This is what it's supposed to be. And this should take off from here. And instead, it went the other way. Mm. Richie. Lots of people out there take massive notice of who the referee is going to be for an All Ireland final. So, hurling Me fans, included. do you? Ah, a little bit, yeah, yeah, I yeah. can't tell you who's refereeing any game. Like, I, <laughs> the last referee I can actually name with certainty is Pat McEnany in 1996. Other than that, you know, I just don't know. So, uh, who's up? Who's up for uh, abuse for the next uh, 20 years? Column Lyons is the name you have to remember for the All Ireland final meeting of Limerick and Kilkenny on Sunday week. It'll be the Nemo Ranger Nemo Rangers officials' first senior All Ireland final. He's previously taken charge of both Munster and Leinster finals. Where are you in that spectrum, Richie? I mean, are you one of those like oh, he gave a peno against Man United four years ago? Biased. Yeah, it seems to be like we talk about the pool of referee, or sorry, the pool of counties that are good at hurling um, at a certain level. It seems to be there's a pool of referees that only ever get All Ireland finals and get All Ireland semi finals. Like, how many times can David Coldrick in football be given, you know, the whistle on, on big matches? Like, we were going through a couple weeks ago, myself and Mick there, was it the 2014 yeah. semi final with Mayo and, and Kerry? And Coldrick was involved then, and Coldrick was involved again recently. Like, it's just. And it, I, I think David but ultimately, like, that it, thing, it's. You know? Yeah, and yeah. I don't think I don't think you, you go through it and, and and in the same way that there's that parochial thing on Twitter of oh God Anthony Taylor lives X amount of miles from Liverpool how dare he take charge of I don't think people generally care no. it's just I think a point of recognition for the official that they actually get to be the man in the middle uh, for the for an All Ireland decider which is it's big for them it's usually big for their club and big for their county as well which sport do you think it is biggest bearing on rugby yeah for sure for me and that's what I was going to come in on is that is that for me anyway it's not the you know he's given the X amount of penalties against Liverpool and, and so on it's about the, the in a very rugby way yeah. for hurling especially with so much interpretation it's about the flow of the game and it's about what kind of game are we getting because we have this referee yeah. so you have uh, Fergal Horgan did the semi-final between Kilkenny and Clare you kind of knew what that meant in a way what you know what I mean? mean it just means that he's not going to be pulling you up on silly 
things. He's not going to be worried about, you know, if he doesn't know, for example, whether it's a throw or a hand pass, he's just going to play on, you know. And and if he does, if it's if it's likely to be a shoulder, but he's not hundred percent sure, he's going to play it like a shoulder. It's letting it flow, but in a reasonable way. Like I mean, Fergal Hogan still gives a lot of frees and give an awful lot of advan- of ten yard uh, move up for complaint as well. So who would be the hurling poster boy ref for pedantic? That's a good question. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not on that level. Actually, you probably want to get like uh, five three one zero six. I'll read out the text indiscriminately. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, name look, names, I, I, yeah. That, that's actually what I was gonna. That's the reason. There is a couple of names jumped to mind, but I just can't be hundred percent sure of them. But what is interesting here is that, <laughs> and uh, look, it's interesting that it's Colin Lyon's first final, and I don't think it's undeserved. And look, he's a, he's a decent ref. He might be a little bit more on that pedantic side. John Keenan from Wicklow which in itself is, is, is a good thing, had the Munster final. Widely praised as somebody who, you know, uh, lent room for such a classic game that everybody seemed to enjoy and think was brilliant. Then the Sunday game happened. Then the suspensions that never were happened. The uh, revised referees report. John Keenan was, by all accounts, given a stern rebuke by the referees committee for letting the game flow, again, in the way that people seem to want it to happen and hasn't got a game since. Mm. So when he was on the semi-finals thing, it was like, will he get the final? And I remember saying, I don't think he will. Don't think we'll see him again this year. You know, so uh, that's an interesting reason, uh, an interesting angle of Colin Lyons getting this game. Right, okay. I mean, certainly, uh, Keith Wood is on later, like much of the talk about the New Zealand game on Saturday is that the referee, Carl Dickinson, had a certain interpretation of the breakdown, which had a massive bearing in the game. And yeah. There are certain sports, definitely hurling, where there's lots of contact and lots of room for pulling up fouls and rugby where there's a breakdown every two seconds and yeah. there's a lot of interpretation of the breakdown I mean you watch rugby with former professionals and they're like what was that for? Yeah <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, well, there's so yeah. much going on And rugby is such a huge part of it because it's referees just do interpret yeah. things differently and see the rules differently totally. yeah. Whereas I think a game of football GA and soccer uh, but soccer in particular I don't think the referee generally is a huge bearing on the flow of a game Within reason, obviously, it can have some. But what if they're a Liverpool supporter, though, and Manchester United yeah. play? Eddie Brennan for Dublin, says John, hopeful in Dublin. Well, that is an interesting point. We had Eddie Brennan with us That's in a Derry call. a couple of weeks ago. He's a great call, yeah, for sure. And uh, Eddie Brennan has been linked with the Cork job in light of Kieran Kingston stepping aside. And Di Regan was on our Sunday evening Twitter Spaces GA show, and he was saying Eddie would be a strong candidate. And myself and Mortras Nikalik were in Derry, and invariably the Shefflin Cody thing came up yeah. and we said what about you he seemed to like you when you were at leash and Eddie said yeah well that picture was taken after they pumped us by 10 points <laughs> so we said would you take the points <laughs> is not bad to be honest yeah but would you take the cork job and he was really oh you know seeing the reality of Henry managing a rival now not just because of the Cody factor but seeing the reality of Cody of, like, of Shefflin having to do it I, he's like I'm not sure I don't I really God I really and I got the sense he was leaning towards I don't think so I don't think I could do it but Dublin mm. where are Dublin? Dublin Dubl- I'll tell Cork. you where Dublin are they're in the Leinster Championship where Cork aren't and I think for Cody you've got Galway are their main rivals and then depending on what's happening yeah. Wexford or Dublin but there's are not coming the same at them next hatred of a Dublin there's no, it's not the, about hatred though it's about coming rivalry. To, to take my place yeah. and having someone to come and knock us off our perch beat us uh, kick us out of Leinster I, I honestly I, I would say that it wouldn't go down well does that mean Eddie shouldn't take it absolutely not yeah. it's a perfect job for him he's involved with Kula 
you know, or has been. The cooler link. You know, and why not? Like, I mean, he'd be great. Like, Davy Fitz, basically, everybody's claims anyway, whether it's true or not, put his hand up for the job on the Sunday game after Dublin were knocked out and talked about all the work that's done there and all the hurlers they have. And, you know, in some ways, some people saw it as a pitch for the job. Yeah. Um, there's there's going to be all the same names bandied around whenever jobs like this come up. But the Dublin one... See, this is what I want to know. I want to know, is it an attractive prospect? And I, I just feel like we actually, I would li- like to hear more mm. about what's going on, what the attitude is, what the players are like coming through. They're always involved in the latter stages of underage Leinster competitions. They're not, there's hurlers there somewhere. Yeah. It's just how they can be developed into senior inter-county All-Ireland contenders. Surely it's possible in the county the size of Dublin. Sterling so overrated as a texter, total cough, hype cough, job. <laughs> Sterling so overrated as a texter, total hype job. Tap in merchant <sighs> misses an obscene amount of sitters. If you want Stop. to move to break down, pass it to Sterling. Anonymous. I still have reservations about Sterling. I would have to say as well. I think the best aspect of his game is his movement off the ball. He makes these extraordinarily good runs, and he can beat a man in tight spaces. And that's not to be underestimated. Do I have full confidence I'm putting the house on this guy Rude Van Nistelrooy style to finish a chance? Absolutely not. And he is a weak striker of the football. I mean, when when Sterling cuts in on to his right foot from 25 yards out, he doesn't have a good strike of a football. Now, that's not to say in a Man City team he hasn't been able to score a gazillion goals because his movement is so good. And he has improved as a finisher under Pep. There is no question. But I do understand the no with that point. You said stop, Richie. You didn't like it. But he's not a striker, like is he? Like I mean, it's like you know, he he puts himself in that position to create or score the goals yeah. by everything he does. Sometimes you don't have to be the greatest finisher he's in the world. He's, he's still a, scored an awful lot of goals. He's like. a modern day left of a three. So I know he's. I know he's a forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was leaving a gap for Richie, but the yeah, delay is too hard. The delay is too hard. I'm too I'm too distracted by Nadal anyway, to be honest with you. Oh, what's Joe. happening? He's, uh, he's nearly there. He's they're into a championship tiebreak in that fifth set, so finished six games apiece. Uh, so it's going to be the first to ten with two to spare to get over the line here. Nadal currently leading five one against Fritz, who dropped a couple of points on his serve in this tiebreak. They've just had the changeover events, and uh, Nadal serving and as I say five one up in this tiebreak, looking to meet Nick Kyrgios now five two in the semi final. So it's all going to be decided over the next five ten minutes or so. Okay, championship tiebreaker sham. Okay, should be infinite. 27 games to 20. Isner who, isn't Yeah. The old Mahu Isner, yeah. Where are we going next, Rich? Uh, to this morning Dermot O'Sullivan is back Pat Ryan to succeed as Cork senior hurling manager The Rock was a selector under Kieran Kingston who stepped down on Sunday after a three year second spell in charge O'Sullivan rounded on the critics of Kingston's tenure with a tweet on Sunday night and explained his reasoning for that on this morning's OTB AM it's very simple right social media has now become society right and a lot of things are, are, are driven through are driven through social media etc etc but through that, you need to find balance, right? Good luck um, with that. You know, and, and that's impossible. But if you look at it, there's a number of guys in the game, Arne. Look at Paul Murphy, right? He's one of the most balanced guys I've ever seen to talk about the game, Arne. To be fair, Eddie Brennan, similar, James O'Connor, right? They're very, very balanced guys. Um, and they're fair, but judgmental at the same time. Um, you know, I think that's... And I think that's what anyone is looking for, but... I suppose Kieran has worked under some of the most scrutinised scrutinized conditions any intercounty manager has faced. Um, you know, 
I do believe that Cork is still the most attractive. Cork manager's job is still the most attractive in the country. The most. Some people are probably looking at their computer screens already. To say, what is this guy on about? That's my opinion, right? Um, as we know what to say about opinions, but that, that's another story. Um, I do I do believe it's the most uh, prestigious job in hurling. Um, but again, it's the most scrutinised. And, you know, whatever about national media, etc., some of the... I suppose some of the harshest scrutiny has come from people within Cork. Um, people who've thing? worn the red jersey, people who've stood in the line doing certain roles uh, as part of Cork setup, etc. So, you know, it, it, it it's tough to take in that circumstance. You know, it, it's tough. It's tough. To, it's tough when you're on turn and you uh, and you all haven't started it, to, to throw slide mar- strider marks. Who's he talking about? I don't know. I have an idea of one or two people who I've heard make comments that I think could be taken out of context as well. That's what I. That's why I don't want to name anyone, and I'm sure people will see out there if they want to look it up themselves. But I've heard people say things in a more nuanced way that when clipped could sound like unfair criticism of Kieran Kingston and maybe passionate passion gets away from people. I don't know if I think if you look at the overall view of how Cork season was analysed this year. Mm. I don't know how unfair it's been. You obviously don't want to get personal things. And obviously, like, you know, we had Andy McEntee in here, whatever, a couple of weeks ago, and some of the stuff was has been ridiculous and does be from, uh, you know, anonymous Twitter trolls. But, like, from ex-county players and all, I do feel like they're entitled to give yeah, their yeah. opinion and to, to say what they think is wrong. And, and, and like, you, Cork have been underachieving for a long time. They've won in Ireland since 2005. Yeah. You know, and you can't really say it's I, the most attractive, prestigious job in hurling, and then stand over and not winning all Ireland. And then, so, yeah, exactly. Like I mean, and and it's 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 Kieran's second go, and he did have great moments, and he he did a good job, I would say. But it's time to move on, and whether there was too much criticism or not, I don't know really. But it just feels to me as if like sometimes any criticism can be taken as too much criticism. Well, it never stood out to me as geez, Cork are getting a rough going in the media, but we're all more attuned. Yeah. to the criticism we get so it'll be interesting you know say Dermot went in and was part of the Kilkenny setup. I, I'm sure he'd feel geez we're getting so much stick from yeah. you there's always that aspect to criticism yeah. as well yeah look and I mean like we did we did a piece in the middle of the season after they lost their first two games it was with Sarah Donovan and Mick Foley and yeah. you know it was it was hard enough hitting but I, I again it was on the players and it was on the management team and it was a talk about a change in management team and all but I don't know if it ever got into the stage where it was anything other than analysing how he was doing as a hurling manager yeah, you know and I just again and maybe I'm wrong about that and I absolutely am open to be yeah. but I just do question whether we sometimes get rightly sensitive about anything too personal yeah. and if that feeds into not realising that sometimes you can just be critical of someone in a sporting sense you know we are pretty much out of time. Mick, thank you. Thanks, Joe. Richie McCormick, back to Nadal. Thanks very much. Nice one. One point away, Joe.